You know, things are not always as they seem. And sometimes things get lost in translation. It was a beautiful spring day. The sun was shining. It was on the Champs-Élysées in Paris, a sidewalk cafe. A young American man sitting close to a vision of loveliness, a French girl, a young woman, and he wondered, maybe, bonjour, mademoiselle, il y a musique dans l'air aujourd'hui, le ciel est bleu, les fleurs sont belles et pures, ma chérie. Translated, this means, hey girl, there is music in the air today. The sky is blue, the flowers are beautiful, and you, my dear, are a cabbage. Huh? <laughs> no. So things are not always as they seem, and sometimes things get lost in translation. In our scripture today, we are greeted with a procession, a parade, a scene of jubilation as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. A crowd has gathered and they are laying their cloaks on the ground for him. Did you notice that in our passage today, there are no palms? It's a little detail that is different in the Gospel of Luke. Even today, as a part of worship, you brought your offering, your palms forward, and even though that is not included in our passage today, this scene feels familiar. But there are some things that feel a little different. Jesus is coming into the city of Jerusalem and has been greeted warmly by the crowd. But there seems to be a disconnect between what the crowd thinks is happening and what Jesus wants to happen and what we, 2,000 years later, know is going to happen. I wonder if there is a lot more going on here than meets the eye. In fact, there was another side to Jerusalem, what's sometimes called the Jaffa Gate or the West Gate. In Jerusalem, opened up to the Mediterranean seaside of Israel, from Caesarea, that very important port city, there were thousands of Roman soldiers garrisoned, and it was the season of Passover, the week where literally tens of thousands of Jewish pilgrims from all over the Roman world would come to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, to see their families, and to worship at the temple. The Romans early on realized the very important necessity of reinforcing the garrison in Jerusalem during this important festival. It was crowd control. Thousands of Roman troops needed to be moved from Caesarea on the coast through this Jaffa Gate, the West Gate, into Jerusalem to go to the Antonio Fortress overlooking the temple. Therefore, perhaps at exactly the same time, Jesus was moving into the East Gate. The Roman soldiers were moving through the West Gate dressed in all their fine military regalia, shining armor, banners flying, all the weapons of war, thousands of soldiers, many on horseback, moving through the Jaffa Gate 
to demonstrate a powerful show of force. It was a display of intimidation to make sure everyone in the city understood if you mess with the power of Rome, you will be dealt with harshly. Meanwhile, coming through the east gates, or the lion's gates, Jesus is entering on a donkey, while an army filled with power and strength and might on horseback is coming through the opposite side of the city. Here we have a man entering on a donkey. There is a crowd that is welcoming him, a crowd that is just praying that something will be different about this king, about this leader. And so as a symbol of their praise and respect and honor for Jesus, they're laying their cloaks on the ground and worshiping him. But this is not what Jesus intended. Jesus is making a political statement here. Jesus knows his prophets. If you go back to the book of Zechariah in the ninth chapter, you read this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. At the beginning of our passage today, Jesus has gone into the village and has told his disciples, go ahead and you will find a donkey that has never been ridden, just like the prophet said. Jesus has an agenda here. He is planning ahead. As Jesus is making his entry into Jerusalem, he was not doing so with an army of might following behind him, but instead on an animal that symbolizes humility. He is riding in on a donkey. The whole point of Jesus entering Jerusalem this way is to show that his version of peace is different. But the crowd misses the point. They are distracted with the jubilation and the celebration. I wonder, who else is missing the point? It's so understandable. We so easily, together, experience rational distractions of our own agendas. So often we, like the crowd, understand reality to be one way and how to handle the stresses and strains of our lives, perhaps in a way that is different from what Jesus envisioned. What we want is often not what we need. We're pretty familiar with what we want. Jesus knows what we need. Jesus comes in the name of peace, of hope, of restoration, of love. It is so easy to be distracted with all those things out there that call to us and miss the quiet, humble vision of Jesus riding on a donkey. So the Pharisees are in the area, and they come to Jesus and they say, tell your followers to be quiet. Well, obviously, they were a little nervous. Remember, the Romans have come into the city of Jerusalem, which has swelled with people up to eight times the normal amount that would be in this tiny, walled city. 
The Romans are here to keep the peace and to seek out any hint of rebellion. And so naturally, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are worried that they are going to be found, they're going to be caught, and the power of the Roman army will be shown. But Jesus is also worried. Jesus is more concerned about what is going to happen if the people do stay quiet. Again, he pulls from the prophets, and he tells the Pharisees that this is what is going to happen if you silence my people. If they are silent, the stones will cry out. This looks back to the prophet Habakkuk in the second chapter, where we read, Alas for you who gain evil for your house, setting your next on high to be safe from the reach of harm. Perhaps in a fortress, looking down on a temple, the very stones will cry out from the wall, and the plaster will respond from the woodwork. Now, this word cry out in the Greek does not mean to cry out in a celebratory way. The stones are not saying, congratulations, you get it, Jesus is your king. Instead, the stones would be wailing or weeping or sobbing for the followers of Jesus to open their eyes and to see what is happening in front of them. These followers have been following their leader for so long But the cross is getting mighty big right in front of them. And still, they are missing the point. But Jesus knows what is happening. Jesus knows what awaits him at the end of the week. And he is still marching forward. He is not only marching into a city that is greeting him and laying their cloaks at his feet. He knows that the Roman army is awaiting him on the other side. He knows that there are people in the city who would do anything they could to kill him. I wonder, what are the religious leaders thinking? We've got to do something. The crowds are getting bigger. The voices are getting louder. This man they call Jesus seems to be creating enough of a furor that this rabble of a crowd is going to complicate things immensely for us, we've got to do something. And do something quickly. The Sanhedrin will be meeting. We've got some plans. We've got some ideas. But we have difficulty, we religious leaders, because during the Passover, we can only do so much. But we do have the Romans. We can collaborate together. They have their ways, especially this one particular way. The Persians invented it. The Romans perfected it. They call it crucifixion. What we can do then is find this man, force him to carry the cross that the Romans will build for him and make him drag it through the streets of the city so that more and more of the crowd will realize what happens to people when they try to follow him. Step after step, we will make him 
go through Jerusalem. Step by step, we will force him to climb that long hill outside the city gates that they know as Golgotha. And there, they will crucify him. Down the Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem that day, the soldiers tried to clear the narrow street, but the crowd pushed into sea. The man condemned to die on Calvary. He was bleeding from a beating, there were stripes upon his back, and he wore a crown of thorns upon his head, and he bore with every step the rage of those who cried out for his death. On the the way of suffering like a lamb came the Messiah Christ the King